It's time to open your mind and expand your empire. You're listening to The Ted Huff Show. Join in for stories that embrace imperfections and become the inspiration you need to achieve true greatness in your life through actionable progress in the pursuit of self-discovery, self-improvement, and self-purpose. Where will your story take you? Now let's get it started with the man himself, your host, Ted Huff. Welcome to episode six of the Ted Huff Show. Today we have Marquez Mosher on. He sees the world just a little bit different. Growing up with diverse perspectives, everything from having the Hells Angels as babysitters to going to a presidential fundraising rally with his mom for Michael Dukakis. With this episode, you will definitely understand his passion and purpose for seeing things differently and helping others achieve their next level of greatness. So excited to have him on. Here he is, Marquez Mosher. Hey, Marquez. Uh, really appreciate you coming on to the Ted Huff Show. Uh, I'm looking forward to sharing your story and, and really getting into some, some meat of, of how people can take away some tactical and strategies for them to start using today. Um, before we get too deep, and you know me, I've got a bunch of questions, but before we get too deep, let, let's let's talk about um, who Marquez is and, and where he is at today and just kind of give us a feedback and help us understand who you are and and uh, what what you got going on. Well, it, it has been a, uh, as they say, long, strange journey, but it's, it hasn't actually been that long. So... It's a, it's been a compacted journey is what I would say. And uh, right now it's where I'm at now compared to where I was five years, 10 years, 15 years ago is it's so dramatically different. And um, right now I'm, I'm the, I say the founder of Vision Perspective Group and it's essentially a conglomerate. Well, I shouldn't say conglomerate. It's a, it's a grouping of a different couple of people that I trust their opinions. And what we try to do is help people fight the perception of complacency or that their lot in life is set and to have them realize that mindset and decision making is behind everything and that they can change their life they can change the world one decision at a time and it's a little bit of a passion project for me now <clears throat> excuse me and it's a great place to be because it's something that i do literally from a desire to help and there really isn't anything else besides that there there is there is even barely any monetary connection to it because ultimately um, it's that's not the main it's not a main source of income for my family it's actually something that I can do that with my oldest actually my two oldest children actually help me with it a lot and uh, right now it's just about helping people and organizations as well uh, depending on what they need it's to help create a different perspective it's to be able to challenge viewpoints to challenge mindsets and sometimes that gets confirmed and sometimes you find out i'm way off and um but the fact of the matter is that you're challenging yourself to do it is, is really what i'm striving so where did you come what, i mean what, what was it the thing that triggered you or growing up what was it that that made you really start to think of was it of how to challenge the the perspective of things was it was there something that happened when you were growing up as a kid was it uh, what, what, help us understand what, what it was like to, to get to this point to, to really be able to see things from that different perspective. Yeah, it was it was something that started um, right from the beginning because my mom had her own business 
and had an entrepreneurial type of spirit. She was also a politician. And my father was very individualistic, uh, not quite so much the entrepreneur or uh, in that sense, but they both were always looking at things beyond what was the obvious. Um, he was a master mechanic, so he would see junk cars, especially classics, and then want to see them finish through as far as a project goes. My mom wanted to better the world. And so from a very early age, I was completely exposed to do not accept normal. Do not accept, you know, what the, the common, uh, the common thinking that's out there. And as I got older, I had a lot of influences within school through high school. I had teachers that were very much about, um, seeing the symbolism and things. And then I went into college and it was for marketing, which was about communicating and the different ways you communicate different levels. And all through this, I realized my personality itself, because I was raised in so many different worlds, my parents did get divorced when I was about 11. And so I had, at any given point before that, I could have had a Hell's Angel being my babysitter because that was just, they were friends. And on the other hand, I went to a Michael Dukakis when he was running for president, one of his fundraisers with my mom. So I had this dichotomy going on of living in these different social worlds, and it just kept feeding into, wow, okay, everybody has a different perspective. And you were hearing the same subject, but different takes on it. And that just, that snowballed. And then as I got older, I created it on my own, where I started to realize who I was, my personality. And at that point, it was just driven and ingrained into me about um, work for someone else as little as possible in, a, in an effort to have your own business. And that that is what I tried to do for the most part. Uh, so all of that was leading to the point of where I realized, hey, I like doing this. And now, after spending the last 10 years with pretty much four tweens and teens, that was coaching every day. That was actually perspective every day. And uh, it's it led to me being able to finally go, I can kind of do this, you know, and expand beyond just family and friends. And um, that's how I got here today. So. All right. So you mentioned a number of things that growing up and going through and, and working uh, a, an income job uh, for a while and and then trying to and, and making your way over to to the, the self-employment or entrepreneurial side of the house. What do you, what do you think the, the biggest learning lesson that you came across as you were making that transition from from it being, you know, modern terms, a side hustle to, right, yep. to something that became your primary role. Yeah, it's, it was, a. I was actually in the Bay Area in the mid to late 90s from Silicon Valley and everything was blowing up. And I was actually an assistant direct, uh, online direct marketing assistant. And so I was still surrounded. And that corporate was quite interesting and it wasn't actually anything I didn't already think it was going to be. When I had my first child, I realized there was no way that I could commit enough time for both. And so that's when it truly kicked in and made a decision that I'm going to have to do this in another way. And so I started trying to think of different ways, different businesses, different ideas I could do. And then my dad died. Mind you, the day before my daughter was born, 
Oh so, my goodness. And let me say that again, as I always do. He, my dad died the day before my daughter was born. So, um, but that left me a little bit of money and I was able to start my own first business with that. And that's where everything switched. From then on, I rarely ever actually worked uh, more than a year or so for somebody else. And even that was almost expected to be come in, help fix, and then get out. But it's funny how I've come full circle, working full time, corporate, and now it's basically now I help, but it's all completely personal. As I said, a passion project. Um, and uh, it's all of the experiences I had, because I had cleaned carpets, I had um, I mean, I had done pest, the, you know, pest control. I had, I had worked at a veteran center. I mean, I had done so many things that each one built on. Um, and the experiences I got working at the veteran center was great because I spoke to all of the veterans and all of the older people. It was a senior center as well. And then the biggest break was actually, um, when I, like, like I said, when I had my first child and just realized that something's got to give. And, um, you know, that was, that was kind of an eye-opening aha moment for my life in general. So. Yeah. So, so that, that's a great transition to kind of how you got to and why you made the move from there. But what I'm trying to dive in just a little bit deeper here is what lesson in that change. So in, during that change, what was, what was like one of the big lessons that you learned that you're like, ah, crud or, oh my goodness, that aha moment that that you're like, I will never do that again, or I have to do that again. What is that? What is that one lesson you think that that happened in there? That one lesson was to basically to understand that what your plan was can get just get shattered and get blown up, and yet that's exactly what was needed um, because I had everything planned out, and all of a sudden I got married young and had a honeymoon baby. That just blew everything out of the water and that aha moment was um i was actually i just moved out to the sacramento area and i was leaving when it was dark and i was coming home when it was dark and i realized i'm never seeing the family it's only on the weekends and was this really going to be the best way and the lesson i learned was it's okay to give up on one dream in order to go for another because that one became more important at that time. And uh, that, that's, that's, I always, I, I tell, I tell clients, I tell people, I'll tell anybody who listens that the hardest thing to do in the world is admit when you're wrong. And that was kind of what I had to do. It wasn't so much that I was wrong, but it was after I had to admit that I need to make a change. And that was deeply rooted in the fact that um, I wanted something more from my life. And that was surprising because I had thought I had already figured it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's kind of funny how, uh, there's a, there's a poster that I saw the other day that it says plans are great until you get punched in the face. Uh -huh. Yep. Yeah. So, I, I, I do remember that. And I think, uh, I think Mike Tyson took an adaption of that where they said, everybody's got a game plan until I hit him in the face. <laughs> yeah. Yep. No, I, I agree. So, so you, you, that that lesson is, is a huge one for, for a lot of people and it takes a lot of times to 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 get that punch in the face to really for it to come to light. How has your, your philosophy evolved over over the course of the years and after these lessons? How's how's it evolved? I've realized it's evolved in the sense that I the 
it was able to tie in with how I always wanted to look at things from different perspectives for my own sake and how it evolved in actually doing that for those who I was helping. Um, I would even, I would tell people that they would ask like, well, what would you do? And I go, what I would do is irrelevant because what I would do is totally different than what you may do because my situation. If you're asking me, what would I do if I was you? That's a different question. And the difference is, is I honestly will try to get into that person's perspective and that person's, the, 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 that person's position and tell them what I think that they should do for them. And it may be quite different than what I would do. Sometimes it's even counterproductive to what I would need at that time. But it would be unfair of me not to actually answer the question from their perspective. So that evolution is where it was originally, oh, this is great. You can see things from different perspectives. You can even see it from other people's perspectives. But it needed to evolve if I was really going to help people to the fact that they needed to understand that I was really doing what I thought was best for them, even if it was counterproductive. And sometimes when I was in the business world and I was at a stint as a salesperson, that was really bad. That was actually can hurt my stuff because I was trying to do what was right and help them. And it may mean I lose a sale or I may lose half a sale or something like that. But ultimately that was when I could go home and say, yeah, I helped someone. And, um, and in the world of business and especially in the world of sales, that's, that, that's not the best way to go about things, but, um, it's how I chose to do it. And that evolution, that was part of that evolution of learning that I would rather feel good about myself it's almost as if um, I didn't, I would rather, what's this saying that, um, would you rather be happy or right? And that was, that was kind of where I was like, no, you know what? I would rather be happy help and make somebody else happy. I don't need to be right. I, and some of that goes with confidence. You, you I have a fine line between confidence and arrogance. <laughs> so sometimes you got to know where that line is, but that's specific to being able to uh, sacrifice, so to speak. So, so you, you mentioned the whole confidence and arrogance thing. If, if you and I are working together, you know, how do I become more self-aware so that I don't, I don't do that? I look at it from the perspective of is almost incrementally and kind of diminishing returns. If you are really good at something and you want to keep getting good and better and better at it, it's almost as if I would want to illuminate at, at some point if you're hurting anybody or even if it's hurting yourself, what are you gaining from it? And at and that point, you can it can actually become very evident, very obvious that I am not really gaining anything more from being incre- incrementally correct or doing it just a little bit better than someone else. And at that point, it becomes arrogance because you're just doing it basically just spite somebody or to rub someone's face. So, so how and and I, I'm I'm going to dive into more of the how 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 do, how do you recognize and how do you identify that and how do you become aware that that you've moved over into i mean obviously i'm looking at it from i know that i want to be self-aware and i want to be the best person i can be so i want to be able to figure out how how do i keep from going over that line how do i maintain my confidence without becoming um Arrogant. I was just yeah. going to use a different word. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I actually, it becomes what's important. I would point out and find out what's important to you. And if those things, whether it's kids, family, um, career, maybe it's uh, new business, 
whatever is of importance to you, is that being hurt by you, by your actions? And that's because you most likely the reason you're doing what you're doing is for that reason. And that's the reason you want to have confidence and be good and as good as you can be. So at what point, you know, that would be what I would try to explain would be, well, look, it's great that you uh, are putting all this extra time in to being the best you can be, but you have no relationship with X, Y, and Z. And that would be the point of finding out, well, what's more important to you? And that arrogance, sometimes it's a, it's a chipping away process. It's never going to be something that's going to happen overnight um, because most people, like I said, don't want to admit when they're wrong. So if it was actually trying to illustrate how your arrogance is not, or your confidence is now arrogance, it's going to be chipping away at it where you, it'll be example after example. And it'll almost feel like you're being challenged at every turn. Okay. But it's like any almost addiction. You have to be able to eventually see it yourself. That's why a lot of times if you have people that are yes people around someone, they'll never see it because they're constantly being fed. That ego is being fed until someone comes along and challenges them and says, you're really not as good as you think you are. Or if they say, yes, I am. Well, then at what cost? And then it comes back to the, well, what's important to you? Well, you know, my kids are everything. You've seen your kids are the whole of one hour in the last three days. You know, are they really everything? Exactly. How do you justify that? And, and a lot of you'll, you'll start getting excuses about, well, I'm doing this for them and so on. And you can go, but do you realize that that's where I meant the incremental diminishing returns? Well, do you realize that if you, you know, you could actually tone back what you're doing, still be as good as you feel as you need to be, but also have the relationship that you want. Um, and, and like I said, sometimes that comes across as a real jerk, but at challenge, that's, <laughs> that's actually something I've become. I, I talk about how I've, I'm very comfortable with that role. And in the gray areas, uh, I'm very clear where black and white is not crossing, but I operate very comfortably in the gray areas. So it does help for me with my confidence and my arrogance to push someone. If, they, if they're telling me something and they're telling me the truth, fine, prove it. Being a parent, I mean, that's... You're always, that's always what you're doing. The kids are challenging you. You're challenging your kids. And when you start dealing with grown adults, it's a little bit different. Um, But it's, you still have to, if if someone comes to you and says, I want to get, I want to improve my situation. How do I do it? And then you go through, you know, all the different things. Okay. Now it's a challenge. It's a challenge in performance. And uh, there's no ways around it. It's challenge in performance. Okay. So I'm going to flip it to the other side of it. So how how do you or or how do you help your your clients conquer feelings of overwhelm um lack of focus or even to go all the way to the extreme guilt for what they're what they're doing um what they're working on what their vision is how how do you you can you can take it from two i'm giving i'm giving you a choice you can take it from two points either from the way that you do it a way that you help your clients work through those feelings of overwhelm, lack of focus and guilt or guilt. So a lot of it would be efficiency and, and, and clarifying what the goals are. Um, Cause a lot of times when you feel that overwhelm, it's because you're trying to do too much too soon. And if you break it down into smaller steps and going one step further, being able to actually plan it out, then 
the person can take a deep breath and realize, okay, I'm going to get to my goal and this is how I'm going to do it. Hopefully that takes away a little bit of that stress of that overwhelm. Um, in the same breath, hopefully that takes away some of the guilt because usually it's associated, the guilt is associated with not feeling that they're not around enough or they're giving too much time to one thing. Um, I know a lot of people talk about that work-life balance and it's really more of a work-life complement where you still can do stuff where a, a great example is go home if you work from your home office, but do it after the kids go to bed. And so you're still working from home, but it's okay because it's not interrupting that that uh, that time. So when you're talking about overwhelm, when you're talking about uh, guilt, that's one that that's one way to be able to get around it is to find a, a complement between the two lives or goals, as opposed to thinking that it has to be all at once or all here or during this time. Um, and I, I, that that's the biggest breaking it down into steps, manageable steps is the first element that needs to be done. So what I want to do is, is you, you talked about the feelings of overwhelm or the feelings of guilt and how they kind of tie together, but I want to kind of go in a little bit deeper, um, on when, when you feel that overwhelm, which causes you to have a lack of focus, which makes it difficult to break it down into those little steps, which makes you feel more guilty because you feel like you should be able to do that, which then takes a hit to your confidence. How do you, how do you break that lack of focus and get back into those small pieces? You would go back and it almost sounds counterintuitive, but go back to the big picture and what you're trying to achieve. Um, And it's almost, I would put the mirror up saying, you're, you're actually, you know, de- this is detrimental. This is actually hurting the situation. And remember, this is the goal. This is what we're trying to accomplish and, and verify that it is. Because sometimes maybe that's the part of the reason is there's an internal struggle or guilt that's going on that they need to change course. And it's, it's almost like the unconscious telling you, you know, one thing and your conscious is telling you another. So it would really be a step back and say, okay, is this still the main goal? Is this still what we're trying to accomplish? And then once that's confirmed, then you can almost go, okay, and then almost start over again. Well, let's break that down. And something has to basically uh, you know, stop the bleeding, if you will. And that, that great big reaffirmation of what are we really trying to accomplish? What is really trying to happen here? Hopefully, that's what does it. Hopefully that is what will refocus everything so that you can then break it into smaller increments and then hopefully get that feeling of accomplishment. And then, of course, that relieves the guilt and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But if it's if everything is just spinning out of control, it's it. I, I and since I, I mean, I'm sure we've all been there. It definitely is to step back and go, what am I ultimately trying to accomplish? Um, and then and start over and start back from that point and, and continue on. So Marquez, with, with talking about, you know, how to break it back down and how to get back into that focus and everywhere, I, I'm assuming that with a hectic life that you, you have with, with everything going on, your, your wife doing her business, you doing your business, you having your little side hustle, children in the house, um, that there's, there's some things that you've, you've, 
changed uh, or habits or behaviors or even a belief um, in the last few, two, three years that has really changed the way that you live your life or, or the fulfillment you get out of your life? Is there anything that you could share with us in that that, that we could, could take away? Well, it's, it's been pretty consistent for the last couple years. And it, I think, I think a lot of times with parents. So two years, two years is within that three year period I was talking about. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, man. <laughs> I think when, with what, if I understand what you're, uh, what you're asking, a lot of that for me has basically rolled with the phases that my children were. Um, and if you don't have children, then it usually rolls in the phases that maybe your career is in. Um, because, I, I, I'm much more of a realist when it comes to personal professional development and all of these things of helping people. And so when some people discount what's going on in life and, and how the world kind of puts you in your, puts you in different positions and situations that you never anticipated, um, I think they underscore that or they, they, un, they downplay that too much. Um, because you're you, like, saying goes you can't control what's happening but you can control your reaction to it and that is very true but being aware of what's going on and in my case with being as far as a parent and what the phases the children are going through that's going to have to change what i'm doing when when they hit all kind of got the teenage years or like around 12 13 communicating with them changed and that communication was then actually helpful to me because it was reinforcing lessons that I had learned, reaffirming uh, different ways of going about stuff that spilled over into my relationships with adults, with clients, with organizations. Whereas when they're younger, that's not the case. Um, so it, yeah, the evolution, or I shouldn't say evolution, but that flow, I think is directly related to where you're at and what point in your life. And sometimes it may not be something you can't control. Um, so let me, let me, let me, approach it a little bit differently so with what i'm what i'm trying to trying to understand and, and trying to to get is it is there is there with all the changes that are going through with the family and the phases of the children what belief behavior habit have you changed to make that more enjoyable Mm. or more fulfilling. No, actually, I think I know what you're saying. And and I, I'm probably not the best person to ask that question because my background, my personality has always been something that kind of goes with the flow. I'm very adaptable. I look forward. I'm one of those people that, look, you know, I, I don't, it's not the destination, it's the journey. So I don't recognize it nearly as much as other people that might. Um, like my wife is an excellent example. Her background is military. So things are very rigid. So she would give you an answer that would would go along the lines of being able to um, uh, be a little more flexible, to be a little more, um, uh, in, in, you know, um, just basically a little bit more impulsive and go with the flow with what's going on with the round. I've already liked that. So when you ask questions about how what has changed as far as uh, to make it more enjoyable, um, it, it's just for me personally, it's quite not, it's not quite as applicable because I'm always looking at it from the perspective of, okay, let's go with that. Let's go with that. Um, 
Now, a lot of people know that's very uncomfortable. They want to know what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, why it's going to happen, how much this is going to be. And I think in that case, uh, they have to find a, a common ground where they can incorporate some flexibility, but yet maintain a structure that makes them feel comfortable so that they don't stress out and go back to what the topic we were talking about before and uh, feel guilt, stress out, or any of those things. That's probably where, where the, the, the question that you're asking me, it, it just, it's, it's because of who I am. I don't, I, I honestly could say there isn't actually anything that over the past years or as the kids, because I'm the same. I, I, I it, it started at a point where. So, so, so based upon now, let, let me, let me, and I'm not trying to beat this one up. I'm just, I'm trying, I'm trying to get down to something because, because it's important um, that, that we, we get to this because being able to to understand something that is that has changed the way you view view life in general has there been anything that maybe you're like yeah i'll go with that you know i'm i'm going with the flow i'm i'm not i'm not i'm not 100% bought off on this is the right thing to do that turned out to be something that you were like i would have never guessed it to turn out this good um yeah come on man come on i think a lot of times actually is well see remember you're talking with someone who describes them as an internal optimist so when you're talking to someone who describes themselves or self-identifies as an internal optimist it's kind of hard to make all right so something that turned out worse than you expected oh (laughs) let's go the other way yes now you're now you're definitely talking about Yes, that one, uh, yeah, because a lot of times and it's the double-edged sword of being you know, eternal optimist and constantly trying to be positive, but a lot of times it's just very simple that you get walked, you get walked over, and um, and you still, even from that, you still have to learn, learn from that, but earlier on when I was trying to do some of the businesses, I was being too rosy, and I would try to grow, and it would expand too quickly, and that would cause problems because it wasn't it was growing too fast and it shouldn't have. So there was poor decisions that I made um, from that perspective. And it ended up, uh, you know, ending, actually ending, you know, not badly, but it ended in prematurely, so to speak. And, and the lessons that you have to learn from that, um, you know, when I got divorced, um, that was a huge change. And that was a very humbling experience because all of a sudden I had to provide for the kids at that time, it was the two kids because I hadn't met my new wife, which is where I got the other two. Um, but it was almost like a single parent. And so all of these things that, that I talk about now and how it seems like, okay, they come so naturally, they were really put to the test because I was essentially the single parent. I did not have my business because I had that with her. So when we divorced, there was no more business. And I had to go and get that that job again. Um, I luckily landed at a really good place with lots of supportive managers, and I learned a ton. So that was where it turned out to be better than it could have possibly turned out from when I went in as expecting it. Hey, see, you got there. You, you did get there. There was an example of where something ended up being completely better than what I thought it was going to be. And it was actually because I had to humble myself and go, I guess I don't know everything. And, you know, and, you know, the life literally everything I had known as a good and, and uh, fulfilling life just blew up. And from that came a whole nother step. And uh, was much better than I could have ever dreamed of. So, 
So would you say the belief that changed in there is the belief that it's okay to accept help? I think that was definitely part of it. Um, it was, it was basically understanding, I guess the belief that changed, and this is, this may be what you're looking for is that I didn't know as much as I thought I did. And ultimately what I ended up, you know, it actually was, I was wrong. I actually probably did know, but I didn't know how to apply it. And that was where I ended up in a situation where they taught me how to apply it. And, um, and that belief changed that I didn't know quite as much as I thought I did. And I didn't know how to use it the way I thought I did. Um, and yeah, and that was, uh, yeah, that, that was uh, definitely a learning experience. And it's interesting because my kids were just young enough that they could still kind of remember the situation and having to go and do stuff. And because um, that year that basically between when I had separated and, and my current meeting my current wife it was it was a it was a rough year it put everything that i told myself about optimism and positivity and mindset and decisions it put it to the test and i it it you know it, i came out good so from that point on it kind of solidified my belief that yes this is the way to live life this is the way to go it's not going to break you and you uh, you are going to be able to succeed all right so so I want I want to move into the move into the section that I, I ask everyone. So here's here's the fun part. So what are one to three things that someone can leave today, walk away from this discussion and be able to take that next step forward starting today? Starting as soon as this is over, they can turn it off. I don't recommend that, guys. You're you're gonna want to go uh, to Marquez's website. He's got he's gonna have a great deal for you here. So um, don't don't hang up quite yet, or turn it off. Don't just keep it playing. But when they're done listening to all the great things that we're gonna be able to give them, what are one to three things that they can they can they can dramatically change their perspective and or where they're at today. I think there's a couple of different things that I have in this. The simplest ones that people can hear now and, and maybe relate to, <clears throat> excuse me, is one of them being the common principle. When you're dealing with someone or even dealing with yourself, um, remember basically these four common, as I call it, common principles, where the first being common sense. And I don't mean it in the, 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 the literal sense that common sense and, you know, do, do many people have it these days? And we always talk about common sense. Isn't that common? I mean, by common sense to get rid of the nonsense, get rid of emotional attachments or anything that's not helping the situation when you're trying to move forward, when you're trying to make a change, try to just think of the, the common sense eliminating your nonsense. And then that builds into your 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 common ground um because once you find common ground with someone else you'll find out that you can move forward and whether that's helpful to you whether it's helpful to them it will make things a lot easier as opposed to banging your head against the wall and then of course if you're struggling with that try to come up with a common goal a common good um, because ultimately that's going to bring everybody back together and to be able to talk about hey we're all trying to achieve this for something how can we do it? And then that 
would kind of go back to what we talked about earlier about resetting what the focus is. And then lastly, being just the common decency. It, it just, if you can remember that everybody has going through something and to have the common decency to just be polite and nice, that will take things so much further than you could any other way. Um, that, that's the common principle that I talk about. All right, so let, let's. Uh, I'm, I'm going to do my best to recap this. Uh, the, these these three items that you've got. So one is, well, the first one was the common principle where you've oh, got common, common principle. Sense. Okay, there we go. You got common sense. You common sense, common ground, common good, and common decency. So going into this, uh, the, those are those are the three things that you guys can use today to start moving yourself forward. Uh, continue to to grow and become a a better person in general. Um, all those things are important, especially around communication and anytime, especially especially when you're deciding and getting ready to make a change, whether it's small or big in your life. Those are definitely some some big areas to really focus in on. Um, so so Marquez, b- before we go, um, I want to make sure that these people know where to where they can reach you. Um, if they want to learn more uh, about about the, the the three items we just covered, how do they find you? How do they how do they get to talk to you? What what is what is going on there, and and what what can they do with you? Well, I would actually uh, the three main places uh, is visionperspective.com and also at facebook.com/slash/marquez.mosier and on Instagram uh, slash marquez.mosier. And off of the website, you can actually go there. I have a schedule uh, uh, put on there so that you could schedule if you wanted. If you if you feel like you're you're in a in a rut, you're looking to try to break out, or you just need that different perspective to try to help you overcome a challenge, whether it's personally, professionally, or organizationally, you can schedule a complimentary introductory call, and I'd be more than happy just to talk with you, just kind of go over uh, what you're what you're trying to accomplish and. And hopefully we can just kind of uh, break it out and 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 get something uh, broken free so that you can kind of move forward. And if it's something that turns into a little bit longer, that's great. Um, but uh, it always takes that first decision. It's always that, that first step. So I would encourage you that you can get a hold of me at any of those places. And um, I'd be more than happy to talk with you. All right. Fantastic. So everybody, don't worry about trying to write all that down. I've got it in the show notes. You don't have to go searching and trying to write it down and figure out how to spell any of that fun stuff. So we'll have it in the show notes. Marquez, I really appreciate you taking the time this afternoon to go through this, um, to really walk us through your perspective, your, your life and how you've gotten to this point and how you're helping other people become better people themselves. So we really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. I'm glad I could. That's it for this episode of the Ted Huff Show. But we know you're wondering where you go from here. TedHuff.com makes it easy for you to get notifications for new episodes, specialized contests, exclusive giveaways, and upcoming events simply by signing up for our mailing list. You'll get access to all this and more by visiting TedHuff.com. That's T-E-D-D-H-U-F-F.com. Until next time, open your mind and expand your empire right here on the Ted Huff Show.